from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We're bracing for that. We have a special Survivors of Suicide uh, virtual group specifically. It was incredible, the energy in the room, just that connection between widows. It's a truly powerful thing. Um, We were talking a lot about this with our widows, about how it really is hard to find support, even in a very supportive environment. When you empower a widow, you also are empowering their families, um, their their places um, uh, of where they work, but ultimately it's really stronger communities. I'm Sarah Fenske. When Cindy Williams and Destiny Klimaszowski appeared on St. Louis on the Air in February of 2020, their stories resonated in a big way. The two women both unexpectedly lost their husbands when their kids were still very young. They discussed how they felt isolated, dealing with tragedies that typically strike women much later in life. That's why Destiny and Cindy formed the St. Louis chapter of the Modern Widows Club in 2019. The club seeks to help women like them find friendship and support. And they did. At the time they joined us in February of 2020, the club they founded was on a roll. They'd recently made it to 160 members. That was February. In March, COVID came to the U.S., and it made many, many more widows. And joining us today to discuss how the club is doing is Cindy Williams. She's a widow advocate for the St. Louis chapter of Modern Widows Club. Cindy, welcome back. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Carolyn Moore. She's the president, founder, and development director of Modern Widows Club. Carolyn, welcome. Thank you. So, Cindy, take us back. When you came to see us in February of of, uh, 2020, you were so filled with big plans. Did you feel like you had the wind in your sails? Yes, absolutely. Things were really taking off. You'd gained a bunch of new members pretty recently. Right. We were surprised how much we grew even organically before the media coverage. But did things blow up after that or what? And so lots of more members at that point. Yes. We are currently standing at about 350 members on our Facebook group. That's twice what it was when we visited with you. More than twice. Okay. So you had a huge surge of support, and this all happened, and then COVID hit. What happened at that point? So it was really, gosh, just so much energy. When it first happened, we had our March meeting shortly after being here, and we had about 60 ladies there. And the energy in the room was just incredible. And we left that meeting feeling like this is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and touching more lives, only to go home and that next Monday be put on quarantine. Literally the next Monday. Yeah. Wow. So, Carolyn, you're dealing with chapters across the U.S. Um, Was this a a common thing? Suddenly people are finding, hey, we can't meet in person anymore. We we were already meeting online um, as far as HQ goes. But for all of our communities, we really started with the local in-person um, experiences. Uh, and, and it really resonated. That's why I think St. Louis really grew as much as it did, because women are seeking this type of connection, support, just vulnerability, and just authenticity. 
Um, and so how do you replicate that online? We had to train um, over 80 of our widow advocates how to use Zoom. Um, and luckily, we already had some experience with it. So a lot of our communities transitioned to it, and uh, it worked. Cindy, is this something you had experience with running a virtual meeting before everything changed last spring? I had not had any experience with virtual meeting before then. Um, it was a whole new world. And were you tempted to just be like, let's just wait this out. I'm sure we'll be back in a couple months. We don't need to learn this new technology. Absolutely. We didn't really do much of anything until June. At that point, you realize this is going on. Mm -hmm. So for the widows during that time, I'm thinking about how hard March was and April was. And I'm somebody who has a lot of support in my life. What was that like for some of your members who were going through this as as single moms, as as people already grieving? Mm -hmm. Dustin and I were just devastated after having all this energy and having tears in the room in March and all these women talking about how thankful they were to have connected with us. Easter started coming up and we started realizing, okay, this is not, we're not going to be able to have a meeting this month. So we put together bags with little necklaces Jay Bloom had had donated to us that said Wister on it, which is Widow Sister, our trademarked uh, name for our widows. And we um, delivered that with some personal care items. Uh, Destiny and I drove over 500 miles over a two-day period to deliver these little bags because we couldn't connect in person. So we thought at least having that necklace and having that love from us being delivered to literally their front door um, would help kind of hold them together for, for the meantime until we could get back together. Carolyn, it seems like it would just be such a hard time for people in that widowed state. Did you see that in, in the women you work with? No, absolutely. The isolation in widowhood is already so profound that adding COVID on top of that and just the pandemic and inability to connect. I mean, women flooded our social media sites. Uh, We launched a virtual community, which we had been talking about doing for years, but we just thought who would show up to that? Well, (laughs) we doubled literally the women that we uh, were serving in 2020, and we've doubled again uh, in the first six months of 2021. So yes, it does work. So are many of these new members, are they people who became widows um, in the time of COVID due to COVID? Or are these just people who heard about the support and, and mm-hmm. the, the camaraderie of this group? They're coming, but also male suicide uh, is is impacting those numbers. Um, we know that this is just sort of the beginning of the tsunami uh, of grief that is rolling our direction. We know we're bracing for that. We have a special survivors of suicide uh, virtual group specifically ran by three of our community advocates that have experienced that loss. So um, it's a lot of reasons, but I think that um, COVID certainly is, they're coming. We get them in all of our communities now. Um, And this is new for us. Uh, We will eventually have a COVID virtual outreach uh, virtual community and uh, we just know that this is going to this is the 20th year anniversary for 9-11 there are a lot of things happening right now in the world of being widowed boy that's for sure cindy i'm wondering on a local level i mean did you see an influx of of people who had just been widowed within this past year whether it's covid whether it's suicide uh, because of the stress people have been Mm -hmm. under both absolutely um I think the um, COVID widows have a special kind of care needed with not being able to be with their husbands. And 
even guilt about, oh, if I would have just kept him at home and did our best, like what if I hadn't dropped him up at the hospital? And even, um, you know, men that were dealing with chronic illness went to the hospital and presumably got COVID while they were there. You know, that's a whole other level of survivor's guilt that, that they're kind of facing and fighting through. Boy, I mean, that sounds so difficult. And, and I know you got into this because you want to help people at, at this point. I mean, were there points where it's like, wow, this is so heavy. There's almost needs beyond beyond what you were prepared for. Absolutely. So um, I could not make the impact that we've made locally without some amazing leaders by my side. Um, Destiny, for a while, actually stepped down to grow her family, had a beautiful baby girl, and now is actually just this month coming back. In the meantime, um, I started a new job and could not have kept things moving the way that we did and making the impact that we did without um, Berkeley and uh, Katie joining me on the leadership team. I could not have done what we've done this past year without those three amazing ladies. So, Carolyn, thinking about widows helping other widows and, and people stepping up at the moment when Cindy needed them here locally, mm-hmm. I want to go back to the origins of this organization because this is something you built, and it, it kind of has this amazing origin story. Um, what got you started on starting the Modern Widows Club in the first place? Well, I became widowed um, in an era, you know, before 9-11, before uh, social media, uh, 2000 on Valentine's Day. Uh, And what I longed for really was a community, mentors, someone further along than myself. I didn't find it. Uh, It took me 10 years to start Modern Widows Club, and I simply became that mentor for another or two widows in uh, Orlando, Florida. And I I honestly just opened up my home on the third Thursday of each month and said, if anyone knows any widows, they can send them to my house. And thousands of widows over the last few years showed up. And it just never ended. Widows started flying to Orlando and saying, please teach me how to do what you're doing to bring to my community. And it simply was it was not a concept uh, at all in my mind. It truly was these widows themselves saying, we need this. Uh, we'll, we'll help you build this. And they just show up. And that's really how it's organically grown. And one little interesting tidbit here is you are not from St. Louis. People might uh, notice your accent. You're from Arkansas. Yes. Um, but your story of your widowhood, there's actually a strong St. Louis connection here. D- tell us about your time in St. Louis. There is. I actually came here uh, to go to college at St. Louis Community College, Merrimack. Uh, and, and I was actually a nurse at the time, but I always had a dream to become a interior designer. No one I knew was a designer. I didn't know anything, but it had a big, big call to me. And so I I graduated from here, and I met my late husband, uh, who was an architect. He went to Kansas State at a workshop at Kansas State in my last uh, semester uh, here. And so that was really the beginning of meeting Chad. And of course, obviously, losing Chad led me to starting Modern Widows Club. So really, if I had not made that, if I had not come here for an education that, that you know, the trail back to uh, this story here uh, wouldn't be, you know, so profound. And being here is so special because I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. <laughs> So I, I, kept, I kept saying, we need a 
community in St. Louis. I need to be coming here. That's funny. So you were longing for a St. Louis chapter even before Cindy found you? Yes. That's and interesting. And I kept kind of like, you know, fangirling on her post like, hey, St. Louis could use a chapter. I'm here. <laughs> Put me in. <laughs> and, and Carolyn, hearing you talk about the origins of this, it sounds so organic. Um, one little tidbit, though, Oprah kind of played a role <laughs> in, in launching you as this widow figure. Tell us how that mm-hmm. part came about. Well, you know, I, uh, with all widows they're looking for purpose and meaning and so for me I started volunteering at the grief center uh, where my daughters were served and where I could received grief uh, counseling for a year that led to a production team from TLC coming to town and my name got thrown into a hat I ended up on this TV show called Shalom in the Home Um, and the Oprah uh, producer saw me on that TV show and said, we want you to come and be a part of an episode called Troubled Families. And I hesitated at first because I thought, I'm not a troubled family. And I just spent six years not being a troubled family. But they said, no, we want you to come on because you're literally like a hero next door. You're a woman who is raising children, making great decisions, and we need you to come on your show to show what's possible for a solo parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we want you to represent widows um, who who are um, becoming empowered. So, so you were the side of things that wasn't troubled. <laughs> Correct. It's good they explained that because yes, this could have yes. been a very different show if yes. they had a different focus in mind. So it was actually Oprah who said, um, I want you to do something with your story. Uh, find the hero within and do something. And at the time, I honestly was like, I don't think you understand. It's I'm it's hard to get a shower every day. It's hard to do the life of a solo parent and work. And and she was really the one that said, just just consider it. Think about it. And so when she actually went off the air is when I started MWC because – Honestly, it, I was recognized constantly as that woman who lost her husband on Valentine's Day every time they would air the show. And I just went, okay, I'm at year seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't want to re live my story constantly, but that's in fact what happened. And so it was really like that whole moment in time with Oprah said, more women kept finding me. And so it was this realization that this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, moving towards. And I did give up my interior design career actually two years ago to start working full time at MWC. But so you worked with this just as a side project for eight years. Yes. Wow. I mean, Cindy, thinking about that and what goes into this job, that that feels like a lot. Right. I can't imagine doing that, uh, doing this and also having that full time job. Um, I was sharing with Carolyn on the way here that I had my mother and friends saying, oh, you should write a book here. Talk to this widow, start a group, do something with your attitude, because I was trying to find hope and not just sitting in the grief. Um, it just got to the point where it was uncomfortable to sit in the grief and I needed something more and I needed a life again. And that's when I had found Carolyn's group. And I said, I want to do this, but I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So coming up under the Modern Widows Club umbrella was just exact. I mean, I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. We're talking today to Cindy Williams. She's a widow advocate for the St. Louis chapter of Modern Widows Club. We're also talking to Carolyn Moore. Uh, She's the president, founder, and development director of Modern Widows Club. She founded this club 10 years ago, and that was 10 years after becoming a widow. Yes. Um, So there's some symmetry there. So this 10-year anniversary of this organization, this this is kind of a big deal for you. It is, and that's um, why I'm on this. You're number five in the 10-city tour that I am on right now. 
Um, and, you know, going to Kansas City next and then to Fort Smith and Searcy, Arkansas and Birmingham, Alabama, and then back to my hometown for a homecoming in Orlando, Florida. Um, it's, you know, getting out and meeting, supporting these amazing community advocates and look and meet the ladies that are being served. It's a powerful, powerful uh, moment when we all get together and I see uh, just truly like the the restoration and the miracles that we call it the hope, heal, grow, lead process. Um, everyone is welcome when they show up to look for the hope. And then women like like Cindy are supported by our organization in a leadership role. And that's really the mentoring and the education and the awareness and advocacy that MWC is what makes us completely different than any other widows organization. Hmm. So, Cindy, Carolyn was here uh, meeting with the St. Louis widows. How did that go? Great. It was incredible, the energy in the room, just that connection between widows. It's a truly powerful thing. Um, we were talking a lot about this with our widows, about how it really is hard to find support, even in a very supportive environment. I couldn't have been better supported in my widowhood. I had amazing family, my church, uh, my work. I worked in hospice, so the bereavement team was just obviously at my desk every day when I came back to work, and I couldn't have been more supported, but I didn't know a single widow before meeting Destiny. And then um, the two of us sat and that connection that was so instant, I think, is what makes this group what it is. And I see it every time widows get together. And last night was really powerful to have Carolyn there sharing her story with us and, and the reaction from the ladies, just that instant connection. You know, we're literally sisters. We're whisters from minute one when we get together and can spend time together. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this St. Louis chapter, because you obviously picked this as one of the ones you wanted to visit for a reason. Um, is this one one that's, that's showing some particular strength? Yes, absolutely. And and that has to do with the team, really, that, Cindy, you've put together, because uh, now you have four leaders. That That's what you need, because when you actually start uh, becoming uh, uh, kind of impactful uh, and, you, and you create this social impact, which is really what we talk a lot about um, on the leadership side, is creating positive impact. Because when you empower a widow, you also are empowering their families, um, their their places um, uh, of where they work. But ultimately, it's really stronger communities. Mm-hmm. That's what we actually contribute to uh, the cities that really we train those community advocates, and they go out and they... Uh, surround and and become you know mother hens to all of these widows and and then the and then the widows themselves also find purpose in giving back whether that's bringing food or calling another widow or um, showing up at events and having deep conversations that camaraderie is healing I mean it, it truly is changing these women's lives because seeing is believing and that's what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. I, I took me 10 years to really find those. I didn't know if I could raise my children on my own or run a business or certainly not start a nonprofit. <laughs> even while you're running your business for a number of years. Yeah, so it, beyond even the camaraderie, um, Cindy, last time you were on the program, you were talking about how the local chapter wanted to start a crisis fund. And, and this sounded like such a good idea. Obviously, the last year and a half has been a whirlwind. Did you end up pursuing that? So I learned a little bit more, and I found out actually the national organization has a crisis fund that um, is donor-funded, so we have definitely directed several of our widows in tough times to that program. These are women who really need financial support, just very basic needs taken care of. Yep. 
electric bill, car repairs, mortgage payments, those kinds of things on a smaller level, but making a huge impact to someone who is really trying to just go paycheck to paycheck. One little bump in the road can really derail a whole family. And nationally, this is something where you're distributing uh, a decent amount of money to, to women in this situation. Yes, it's called our Love for Widows Benevolent Fund. Um, and, and this started uh, during COVID, uh, actually April 2020. Um, and last year, we gave around uh, $79,000 worth of small micro grants, anything from $100 uh, to $1,000 when we see the need. Uh, there were a lot of food scarcity. There were health uh, you know, the, the the payments for health were off the charts. Um, and then, you know, places like uh, natural disasters when the freeze came to Texas. We really do. We start with caring for our advocates first and foremost because we know that they're giving back into the communities. And then we allow our community advocates to choose because they know the stories intimately within their each community. And uh, they bring those ladies to us. And then we have a actual benevolent fund uh, board that reviews them hmm. and distribute. So Cindy, now, you know, the National has this covered. That sounds like a great program. You're referring people to that. Do you have things you're working on locally um, to take the place of, of what you were thinking might be that plan? Absolutely. We did um, those COVID gift bags kind of just to connect all our, our Wisters. But then around Christmas time, I really, as this pandemic just continued to stretch on, I knew that I was thinking about Christmas and how do we make this special for our kids. And um, many people were out of work. So um, we did a local um, Christmas drive. We adopted eight of our widows and their kids. Um, over $2,500 was spent between about myself, the chapter put in some funding and the, the leaders, um, as well as about 30 of our widow members went out shopping. Wow. And so we we answered in a big way. Christmas for a lot of kiddos and families. I bet that that was huge for it those kids. It was huge. Man, that's such a good feeling. Yeah, and, and I mean, here are people who need support and yet finding the time to support other people. There's there's really some nice symmetry in that. Uh, Carolyn, is that sort of part of, of what you had in mind? Yes. The, it, you know, early on, we had this slogan, moving forward, reaching back. Uh, and But then I actually found uh, experts like Dr. Stephen Southwick at Yale School of Medicine. He's one of the foremost leaders of resilient science. Uh, his book, um, Resilience, the Science of Mastering Life's Greatest Challenges. And it talks in there how vital it is actually to the giving back component is. It truly is the last part of the healing cycle. Without it, you don't have anywhere to place uh, the 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 kind of um, healing and growth that you've experienced. You give it to someone else, and that makes it complete. So it's it's actually a, a foundational part of our program. So, Carolyn, if someone is listening to this and they're, they've been widowed and they're not 100% sure they're ready to go to a meeting, mm -hmm. what advice would you want to give to that widow listening to us today? Well, I mean, a lot of our ladies really spend a lot of time on our social sites. Um, we have an amazing newsletter that comes out every Thursday. It's called Inside Look. Uh, just subscribing to that, you'll just start seeing the depth of which we care about widows in our organization, whether that's advocacy awareness, um, the benevolence that we have, the compassion, uh, the, the all the amount of uh, clubs in a club that we have in all of our communities, because you don't even have to show up. You can actually just, from your phone or your computer, uh, connect with widows uh, 
you know, with our organization. So I think that those, you know, yes, we have a podcast and we have events and we have many things in our organization, but really making that first step to connect and maybe the safest way is to do it at a distance um, until they develop the trust and they feel like this would be a place that belongs for them. And then they can take the opportunity to show up. Do you find a lot of people who might sort of dip their toe into social media, they end up showing up in well, person? Well, Cindy did. Yes. <laughs> And I can speak a little to that, too, from a local level. Um, we, the last two meetings, um, had 10 or more new folks walk in the door. So the fear is, I think, oh, my gosh, this this club's been around for years. It's, you know, a tight-knit group. It's going to be clicky. Women groups, sometimes that's scary to be the new woman walking in the door. For sure. Um, so know that you will not be the first, you will not be the only new person walking in the door. And even the, you know, older team that's been there from day one, that's just November of 19. So we're talking about maybe six to seven meetings we've had because of COVID putting a pause in the live meetings. So you'll be on a level playing field. And we had some ladies talking about that last night Mm -hmm. about how they sat in their car trying to get the nerve. It was a little hard to find the place. And then they realized they were a few minutes late. And do I walk in? Do I not? And literally had one of the widows from the group reach out to her and say, please come in. If you're still here, please come in. And that's really the environment you'll get when you walk in the door. We really do celebrate that bravery it takes to walk into a new room when you're already so vulnerable. And you don't know if they're going to be um, careful with your vulnerability or if you're going to be hurt more. So, Boy, hearing that, I, there's so many times I've walked into rooms of, of women and just being ready to, for nobody to say hi. That's so great that you've thought that all through. And, and it's so great to hear that these new members can immediately be enfolded into this. For people who are listening who are not widows and they want to support the work you're doing, um, what would you recommend? What's the best way they can help you here in the St. Louis chapter? Going to modernwidowsclub.org. And you can choose chapters to look at and see what we're doing here locally. Um, but really, we kind of do our fundraising on a national level at this point. So Gifts to, to Modern Widows Club benefits every chapter. They're kind of the mothership, and, and they're kind of making sure our needs are met. So, so Carolyn, it sounds like there are some needs here. If, if people want to give money, this is something that you can use. Absolutely. Um, you know, to, to run this organization at the level in which we do, uh, we're we're here serving fifty thousand widows. That that's ultimately you know what the number is that we're at, and we're growing every day. We get three hundred new widows a month at MWC right now as it stands, and I'm not surprised by these numbers because in this country we are the third largest country uh, of widows for nearly fourteen million. It's more with COVID. Um, 2,800 married women a day in this country become widowed. So this could become any of us. Yes. Well, if you want to know more about Modern Widows Club, give us that website. Yeah. Modernwidowsclub.org. Nice and simple. Um, Well, Carolyn Moore, president and founder and development director of Modern Widows Club, thank you so much for joining us today and, and making St. Louis one of your stops. Thank you, Sarah. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. 
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.